Welcome to Sage Conversations with Shannon and Sage. Okay, well, the time has come for episode three, separation and divorce. Are you ready, Sage? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. So before we get to conversing, is there anything that you want to say off the top or you just want to go right in? I want to go right in. You want to go right in? I want to okay. Go right in. Okay. So on March 31st, 2017, Sage Dad and I told her we were getting a divorce. She was six years old. How do you remember that exact day? How? <laughs> because I have a memory. Where do you think you get your memory from? You have a good memory. I don't anyway. remember that day. So, funny Sage saying how I remember that date but i remember it like it was yesterday she was sitting with her dad um, well next to her dad we were in her bedroom and he was telling her we would all be leaving our home soon and he would be living in a separate place from me and she kept on asking why she couldn't stay in our house and why couldn't we stay together and she didn't want anyone to live in our house. So our house being our marital house at the time. And this went on for a couple of minutes. And I just finally said, because when she, she was asking why, you know, why this, why this? And I just finally said, because mommy and daddy are getting a divorce. And Sage hollered. <laughs> she hollered she said no she held on to her father and begged him and kept on asking why over and over so this went on for a while and you know eventually we calmed and soothed her and she got herself together and I remember her saying something to the effect and I, I don't still to this day I wonder what was going on in her you know head and what was she or how was she processing things and i remember her saying something to the effect that one night she was going to sleep with her father and then the other night she the next night she was going to sleep with me until we leave our house so at at some point it dawned on her or i don't know if we mentioned it that at that point her dad and i um were not sleeping in well, not sleeping together. So in her mind, she was rationalizing something. And that led to her saying, you know, one night she was going to sleep with me and one night she was going to sleep with her daddy until we eventually left that house. So Sage, do you remember any of that? That That's how I remember it. So do you want to share how you remember it? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, And also my thoughts, since you don't know my thoughts on that day. So... I was, I don't remember what I was doing before, but I know I was doing something weird. <laughs> um, so what I remember was we were on the, we were on the couch or somewhere, we were sitting down. And then we 
So mommy was like, Sage, do you know what a divorce is? And I was like, yes. And there was, I don't know if it was after or while she was talking about it. or But at some point she asked me how I knew what a divorce is. And I was just like, I heard it somewhere. So I don't mean to cut you off. So it's interesting because that was a conversation we had after the conversation that I just mentioned. And oh, yes, because I remember asking you, how did you know what a divorce was? Because when, how I explained it, when I was like, I said, mommy and daddy are getting divorced. Like you immediately react, re reacted and you knew I don't know if it was some maybe context clues. I don't know. And I wondered, I was like, hmm, I wonder how did Sage know what a divorce was? And for her to communicate or express them, your emotions the way you did. So I believe what you just mentioned was a conversation that you and I had maybe a day or two after that initial conversation. But my bad, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I want you to continue to tell it the way you remember so i was just like in my head i said a divorce and then i was just i don't know what i was thinking but i my mind didn't completely process this my mom was like i don't know what my mind was doing but it wasn't focusing on the conversation at the time so i was just like okay and then it dawned on me like that means I'm not going to be with one of them for a certain part of the time. And then I cried. I screamed and I ran up to my room. And I don't remember if I closed my door or not. But that's when I remember we had the bed talk. I don't know if it was out of order for me. Yes, it and is out of order. And I don't remember actually. I don't remember having. I don't remember having said I'm going to sleep with mommy one night and I'm going to sleep with daddy another night. And it was, it's just, it was just so confusing to me. And I was just like, well, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to feel about this, but it was just so confusing for me. So do you, that you remember an emotion of, or a feeling of confusion? Yes. And at the time... You didn't necessarily know what it meant. Yes. I have this one memory. I don't even know if it was a dream or not, because some of my memories are dreams. But it was you, and you had said that you were going to go stay with a friend for a while. And you left for, like, I don't know, three days? And I was just like, when is mommy going to come home? And I would ask Daddy every day, when is mommy going to come home? When you finally came home, I was like, why'd you leave, Mommy? And you were just like, I just needed a little bit of time and i was like okay so that actually was a memory that did oh, happen goodness. um because i did need to leave and get my collect my thoughts um about what was happening and i have a question for you whose house did you go to <laughs> um auntie sonia and uncle chris's house really yes Wow. Yeah, so that, that did happen. That was not a dream. That was actually a situation that happened. And you mentioned about not necessarily knowing or understanding what was happening. And I think that's pretty accurate because for me, I recognize that you were starting to put two and two together 
once we were living separately from the house and you were spending time with your dad initially at our marital house and then with me at one of your aunt's house and then when your dad then got an apartment and then we were still living with one of your aunts and that's when for me things got a little difficult as it relates to you beginning to process and you asking questions and you trying to figure out what was going on and for me I was trying to be your mom and also your therapist I feel <laughs> so do you remember what came out of our talks you know what were our talks oh. call you don't remember what our talks uh, were called? I know exactly what they were and it went on for like years actually you don't remember the name I don't remember <gasps> you don't remember jibber jabber talk oh I remember Oh my God. And so what do you, before I explain what jibber jabber was, and I guess still is, but you know, it, it, not, it looks a little different, but what do you remember of jibber jabber? Well, I remember before, I remember before, before like before I actually understood what was happening, it was like me asking questions. And that was around the time we came up with the name. Before it was just like, before it wasn't, it didn't really have a name. But after like a few talks, we actually came up with the name. It was basically just me talking to you about whatever I wanted. It could be anything. Right. And that that's that's definitely how it was presented. I Me mean, when I presented the idea to you, I knew that it was for you to express how you felt about what was going on with our family and but I, I didn't want to constantly say to you, Sage, well how do you feel about your dad and I not living together? How do you I didn't want to present it that way. I wanted it to I wanted us to be able to have a discussion without you always feeling like the discussion had to be around uh, the divorce. Um, I said, I don't think the impact of the separation at that time began to affect you until we weren't living under the same roof. And um, back and forth is when the real questions started and the emotions came into play. Your questions were very different and your emotions were on full display. At least that's how I remember it. Um, I was a mess emotionally, and sometimes I was able to hide my emotions, and other times I couldn't. And I started realizing that even if you didn't recognize it or not, you were comforting me because you saw how um, sad I was. And I remember that you wrote me this letter, or you wrote me a note, that I have framed now that said, um, be sad, you have me. You remember that? Yes, and I remember every day when when I was younger, but after I've written it, it's, it, it's still here. It was so torn and ripped up and just, it looked old. <laughs> and I would look at it and I was like, I don't know why I would think about this, but I usually I would think about my handwriting. But then I was like, wow, I was just, I was my own little, I was a 
tiny therapist <laughs> in my own little way. You, you're right. You were a tiny little therapist in your own way. And I, for me, that note uh, on so many levels brought on so many emotions for me. But I think the one that really mattered or the one that really stuck with me was that I did not want you to think that your existence wasn't enough because um, you... I, the way I processed that was even if you couldn't put the exact words to what was happening, you knew that I was sad and you didn't want me to be sad or you didn't think I should be sad because you were there. So I think that kind of kicked things into um, gear for me as it related as it relate to how I presented emotionally. Like I did not want to necessarily hide my emotions because you know as I say to you if you need to cry you need to cry um so I didn't want to be um, a hypocrite and say to you it's okay for you to show your emotions but then I wasn't doing the same thing so but for me during that time like I said the I feel something beautiful came out of all of it because we had jibber jabber talk so jibber jabber talk um, was because Sage and I were living with, you know, some of my sister friends, we were in the same bed. So we, we shared a bed. And at night, one thing that Sage used to do all the time when she would sleep, even when um, her dad and I were together and we would um, sleep together sometimes, she would always talk at night. That's when Sage gets to talking. So I said, well, this would be the perfect time for me to be fully present and to allow us both to process what was going on. So every night we would, I would say, Sage, you want to, you want to have jibber jabber talk? And she would be like, yes. So, you know, jibber jabber talk was Sage asking me, you know, could ask anything like, why is that shirt red? And, and it would be really simple things. And then it would progress where I think, just us sitting there and talking, she would then say, you know, ask me if I still loved her dad or, you know, if, you know, her dad and I would get back together or I she was sad or things of that nature. So I don't want to put um, words in your mouth because I'm remembering it how I remember it. So I wonder what, how do you remember a jibber jabber talk? Do you remember... <laughs> You remember any specific conversations and what what did jibber jabber talk mean for you? Did you did it? Mm. Do you feel like did you feel like it was beneficial? Yep. So jibber jabber talk to me when I was younger meant I could literally ask you anything. It didn't mean for me. It didn't mean I had to ask you about the um the 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 divorce. It just it just need. It just mean meant I could ask you anything. Like, I could ask you anything. And sometimes it would start off with me just saying random things, asking you random things. And sometimes it would progress to me just sitting there and asking you the questions that I really had. And now I don't really need jibber-jabber talk because I don't know why, but... I've, in my mind, I've accepted that I know you guys are happy, and I'm happy, so, and I know you guys are still friends, 
So it's not like you guys are mortal enemies now. <laughs> mortal enemies. So, and I know you guys have a healthy relationship, and there's really nothing wrong. I mean, so I don't really need jibber jabber talk as much. Sometimes I do need to ask certain questions. Just out of the blue, there are questions that I have. But it's really just like something for me to ask myself and then answer myself and ask myself another question. <laughs> but, and it's per perfectly fine that I don't need jibber jabber talk. And I feel like it's, it's still, it's still out there. So I'm glad you said what you said about, you know, how things, you know, us being happy and how we interact with each other. And we will definitely discuss that more in our co-parenting episode. I wonder, or if you, you know, want to talk about, there was something that I would always say to you, you know, always this concern for me that I didn't want you to think that dad and I separation and divorce there was anything that you did to cause it or that there was anything that you could do or anything that you didn't do um, to make things quote unquote right. So I wondered if you remember when, when we initially discussed it or those early years, did you, how did you process what was happening? Do you remember? Or even now, if you don't necessarily remember at the time, but even now when you think about it, did it ever cross your mind that it was anything that you could do to make us a family? Because I think now, always this concern for me as a mom and then also as a clinician that what, if any residual um, effects will come from, say, you know, our family being separated and divorced. And because um, of that, that's why I try to keep the open communication with Sage. And I always try, even what, six years later, five, six year, years later, we can talk about things. And she's, sometimes she will have emotions. I think I was surprised recently, maybe a couple of months ago, where you did say, you know, why can't, you know, your dad and I, why can't we all be a family again? So I um, wonder if you've ever thought or ever processed things as there was something that you could do or something you didn't do. So when I was younger, oh gosh, <laughs> when I was younger, I did think, I was like, sometimes I would make these elaborate plans mm -hmm. where I would try and get you guys oh back gosh, together yes. and they didn't work. Most of them wouldn't go through because I was just like, okay, so I'm going to put mommy and daddy in the room and lock them in there and they'll be forced to get back together. And it would just be like, but how am I going to lock the door? And it would just be such elaborate plans. But can you think of any specific plan? Uh, can you? Don't you don't have to. I don't, I don't remember them, but I definitely remember you doing things and... I do remember like you leaving notes or just things that you would do to kind of fix things. Yeah, I would. So there is this one time where I was like, man, there's has to be some way that I can do this. some way, one way or another 
I can get them back together. And I was just like, okay. This was one of the worst plans I had ever devised. One of the most detailed plans. But the I worst. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> so basically, I was just like, I need to figure out a way to get them both to hang out with each other without me. And I was just like, but how am I supposed to do that? So I made up this whole plan with stick figures. <laughs> with stick figures. Saying like, I would get you I would get you guys to go on a date together without you guys knowing it was actually a date. <laughs> and then I would then I would become then I would try and become Cupid and get you guys to be together and it was this whole elaborate plan to get you guys to go out together but the one thing I forgot to do who's gonna watch me <laughs> and how am I supposed to get them in the same room together no how am I supposed to get them in the car together without me there's literally no way and I was just like you know what I give up. I they up. could do this on their own. I'm not going to help them anymore. So I remember specifics, but I do remember you doing, you used to, people can't see me, but I think you get this thing from your dad where you would be like, <laughs> you'll do your yes. fingers and like you're devising a plan. And um, especially when, if we all were in the same space and, um, or a lot of times you would, um, I think you would kind of delay or at least like if there was this drop off and pick up, you would try to prolong things. And then you, the other thing you used to do is you would hold both our, so, you know, stand and hold both of our hands. Like it seemed like you was always trying to make this the connection, um, or try to bring things back together and, um, for me, I think that was normal behavior and and there was never a time where I don't think your dad or I were like, Sage, stop it or whatever. We kind of let you process things the way you, you needed to process them. But there was always this um, conversation around Sage, you know, what has happened to our family is not your fault. You know, your dad and I we love you and we love each other but you know people grow apart and you know having that conversation with you and constantly reminding you that it wasn't your fault and that there was nothing that you could do to you know fix things so you want to say something so i remember this one time it was at not our oldest house but like the house we just moved out of like a year ago it was <laughs> Around 2017, 20, 20, 2018, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, where you guys used to hug when you would leave. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. It's been like, it's been like a year or two. I finally succeeded. Oh my goodness. Look where I've come from here. Oh my gosh. And then. <laughs> so. I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think that that was something that I noticed too, that when you saw your dad and I um, being friendly, um, because um, your dad and I did still hug each other when 
um, we saw each other or, you know, I think it, for me, it was really, uh, well, part of it had to do with, I needed for you to understand that your dad and I were not angry with each other. Um, and there were a lot of emotions around what was going on. And even if we were angry with each other, I didn't think that that was something that you needed to witness. And I would see or notice how when you saw us hug, like these, your eyes were just exactly what you're doing now that people <laughs> cannot see. And then the questioning afterwards, if you know, if he was dropping you off to me and then we hugged and he left and then the questions the string of questions you would ask me was kind of like, okay, we have to figure this out as um, one stage to, you know, think that there's a chance or that we are getting back together. So um, I, I recall those those days. And uh, did you have something? I see you, so, you, you holding on to something. <laughs> At one point, it was like I was either nine or eight, but this was a this was my, this was the peaking point where I started being a sneaky little child. Yes. I well, was let's, let's just, before you tell your story, no name dropping, please. No name Okay. Dropping. <laughs> no name dropping. Go ahead. But I remember, I used to. Oh, and one thing. The, I don't know if we said this in a previous <laughs> episode, but this child is no I'm very nosy. Very nosy. Well, well, I, well, I used to call you inquisitive, so we wouldn't know negative connotation on it. But I mean, it is what it is. She knows it, <laughs> and she get it from her mama. So go ahead, finish with the story. So basically, I have there's two parts to the story. But anytime anyone would come over, I would just be like under the window with only my eyes showing, even if it was the mailman. If you went outside and you couldn't see me. I would be looking. I would be a little spy. Okay. <laughs> and so, one time, I was just looking out the window, being my spy kind of person, because I had come in, and because Daddy dropped me off. And I was just looking, and I saw you two talking. I was like, what are they doing down there? They're not supposed to be talking. They're not supposed to be talking. What's going on here? So, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sneak downstairs oh, and listen. Yeah, and I don't then, know what she about to say. Go ahead. And then all I heard was like, y'all talking about the schedule. And I was like, I did all of that just for them <laughs> to be talking about a schedule. And I was like, you know what? So clearly, Sage thought she was gonna walk in on some, I don't know, juicy details. <laughs> but like she said, her dad and I were talking about our schedule of um you know drop off and pick up and again we'll talk more about that in the co-parenting episode because i think that is something that's very um important when um children are experiencing a separation and a divorce because they're going through it with their parents as well and making sure that you know the visitation schedule or the also um accommodating to the child and um that sage's dad and i really never had an issue with but again that's for further discussion um one more thing i would like to say is i'm not gonna say any names not at all but i used to do <laughs> some very <laughs> i was an inside spy 
I'd be sneaking around listening to phone calls. And I'm not going to say anybody's names, but I was just, I, I always knew who to report back to (laughs) after I was, after my little missions. And (laughs) so. Who did you report back to after your little mission stage? (laughs) She's pointing at me. (laughs) I knew who to report back to. Oh my god! And it was just like, it would be the smallest of things. I'd be like, this happened today. So, um, yeah, Sage was definitely a reporter. But I think it's important one thing that Sage said about, um, you know, her listening on phone conversations. Sage listened on, I mean, listened to everything. Uh, Even if she couldn't be seen, she was hearing. So I always was mindful. I think that a difficult I don't I don't want to attribute this to every situation where parents are going through a separation or divorce but um I, I could imagine it wasn't easy it wasn't an easy process and I imagine that no separation or divorce is easy for anyone and there are a lot of emotions a lot of feelings or I'll speak for myself there was a lot of emotions and there was a lot of feelings and there were a lot of things that I was angry about Um, there were a lot of things that I was sad about but I always made sure that I never talked negative about Sage's dad and I, um, we did process things where, you know, I would say to her, well, I'm upset about this, but for me, it always, I always, always would think that Sage was very much aware and that, you know, she is a reflection of me and she also is a reflection of her dad. And for me, I always never wanted her to overhear me saying anything about her dad and then her taking that and internalizing to mean that she was, you know, something was wrong with her. So me knowing, I think knowing your child is very, very important because again, and even to this day now, Sage is, you know, always, Uh, ear hustling as I say to her you always ear hustling and I don't necessarily have a problem with that I know people some people it's kind of like going back to you know episode one where we talk about children need to be seen and heard and they're you know this whole idea that uh, a child should stay in a child's place and I think a lot of times what people may forget is that it's not just the parents that are separating and divorcing. It is also the child too. They are very much a part of this process or the process. And I think even more, they're more vulnerable than the adults in the situation. I always would say to people, you know, Sage didn't ask for any of this. Sage didn't ask to be here. So if she had questions that she had to ask or if there were things that she overheard and I didn't feel like it was at least I couldn't explain it to her in an age appropriate thing that I, I would say to her, you know what, Sage, that's something that we can discuss maybe when you get a little older or things of that nature. So always being mindful. I think what also from this episode, I I wanted to share for Sage and I to share just some lessons 
from this experience that we went through. And I think for me, it always, like I said, was at the forefront that Sage, you know, of course, taking care of myself was a priority because if I didn't take care of myself, then I wouldn't be able to be emotionally available for Sage. And early on, I was not taking care of myself. So I was not emotionally available for Sage or at least not to my fullest potential. And it's very important when children are going through this process that the adults are available for them. And we did put Sage in therapy very briefly. It was not um, anything that we did for um, a long time. And I'm not even sure why we didn't keep it up. It was with Sage and I and her and her dad had their own process, but with Sage and I, at, we were, it was an open book. Like I said, the jibber jabber talk was always there and she could ask me. And if it was something that I couldn't answer, I would say I, I did not answer for her dad. If she had a question that specific to her dad or thing that I shouldn't be at answering, I would say to her, you know what, when you go to your dad, you know, you can ask him. And I would say, you know, if it, if she had a question about something and she said, well, I don't know how to bring it up to daddy or I don't feel comfortable, then I would facilitate those conversations. Um, I would say to him, you know, Sage is coming over. She asked me this, you know, maybe you should broach this subject with her. Um, so definitely making sure that questions that she had were answered age appropriately and then supporting her you know, how she needed to be supported, asking her what she needs, asking her. And I don't know if she remembers, but also telling her like, it's okay if you are upset with us. It's okay. It's okay for you to have whatever feelings that you're having. There's no wrong feelings in this process. So I feel like I've been talking a lot. Do you have something you want to say? Well, I want to talk about like the... How I used to ask questions and the fact that I didn't even know that you were going to Danny saying, hey, could you like, you know, facilitate this into a conversation? And just to be clear, um, sometimes I wouldn't even forget what you had talked about. I would just be like, oh, we want to talk about this. Interesting. I feel like I've been thinking about this, but I don't know. And we would talk about it. And yeah. And one thing about the talking at night, no, that was a long time ago, but, um, was when I would use, when I was, um, with my dad, I would talk him to sleep. Like, I would be talking and I would just look over and he would just be like, asleep. And I was like, you know what? I knew this was going to happen. And then I just realized when we were living together, well, you know what I mean. When we were living with your friends, I realized I had picked up a... I just realized I picked up a habit of sleeping with you. Mm -hmm. Because before, I was like, why do I always want to sleep with mommy? And I know it was because I had, I would, I had been... We had been sleeping together for such a long time, and I had just gotten used to it. And I'm just like, you know what? Okay. I guess that's just how it's going to be. I didn't realize that until just now. Well, I think... That I think what you said, once we bought another house and we moved and you were you had your separate room for a while, we did continue to sleep with each other. And I know at least for me, it was it was kind of like a weighted blanket. <laughs> it was definitely it was 
it definitely helped me emotionally. You were there with me um, because for me, at least the, the, I think for a lot of people, the initial years, months, or days when you're going through a separation or divorce are the hardest. And during that time is when we shared, you know, we slept with each other and it was a security blanket. It was kind of like a security blanket that you were there. And it was always, I always wanted to make sure that you knew you were loved. I never wanted you to question that. So that was part of that process. So once we did move from your auntie's house and we got our own back, our own house again, and you had your own room, it kind of continued on. I don't know who needed it more, me or you, but it worked out. So One thing, the security blanket brings up my security blanket. I do have a security blanket. And I feel like mm, have, while I've been t thinking about like this stuff more due the past few months, it's helped me. And like, I feel like for kids, something that reminds them of like when they were together or yeah. when their parents were together is very nice, is very good for their development. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I sound like a psychologist. <laughs> and one thing that really helps me, which reminds me of when my parents were together, is my bear. Yes. Named Barry. Very original. Yes, so Barry is still alive and well and we uh, can't say well, well he's alive yeah, he's, he's alive, alive but he's a little damaged <laughs> <laughs> ah, but i think sage was sage mentioned the security stuff and it made me think about things that we did out you know additional things that we did to support her we did buy her books about divorce to kind of prompt or at least get her thinking about what questions she may have there were a lot of books. There were whatever things. I don't think, aside um, from books, a lot of journaling. I mean, I mentioned oh, journaling. I still have those journals. I know. And one thing I remember was, I don't know if you got me this before or during the separation, but basically it was like this journal where I would write to you and daddy about ah. problems. And I remember the only two, I only wrote to you. I didn't write to daddy. No offense father but um <laughs> so i remember the only thing i one of the only things i've only written in that book was when daddy was playing his music on um amazon music on the um on his phone and i couldn't play my music on amazon music for some reason i wanted to listen to music but i couldn't play my music because for some reason amazon wouldn't Amazon Music wouldn't let us play the same, I mean, wouldn't let us play songs at the same time. So I was like, Daddy's listening to his music, but I want to listen to my music. And I wrote that, and I don't think you understood what I was oh, trying to say. Okay. And it was just like, I was just like, you know what? Forget it. Forget it. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. I forgot about that journal thing. So plug here. People go to therapy. People go to therapy people go to therapy. So I have been going to therapy prior to our separation and divorce. So once, you know, everything happened, I was in therapy and I was processing with my therapist who is the bomb. So if you're in the DMV area and you need a therapist, uh, I got one for you. Hit me up. She 
had recommended, you know, there were things that I thought Sage was holding in that she was not comfortable discussing that I buy a journal specifically for her to communicate with Taurus and I. So what would happen was, you know, she would write something in there and she would give it to us and then we would write back the response. And it, it, I think it helped. I think at the time though, they, we already had built up this process of, you know, open communication in general, but there was still some things that, and a lot of times it didn't have anything to do with, again, the separation and the divorce. I think one time she may have said something like, why do dogs have tails? Maybe not <laughs> anything that, you know, I probably did say that. something to that effect, but it, it opened up the communication. It was, you know, it allowed this process of trust and um, honesty and um, her knowing that this communication would be be between, you know, her parents and her, and it didn't necessarily have to be something that was verbally communicated. It was something that could be written. And then of course it helped with her writing skills and her storytelling and things of that nature. So uh, it was something that was recommended to me by my therapist. And it was, I thought it was very beneficial, but to introduce journaling to Sage early on uh, in her life because she um, started reading really early and um, comes writing, comes storytelling and the way that we wanted to give her a space to kind of express herself, we introduced journaling. And then a lot of times, you know, at certain ages, children don't necessarily know how to verbalize what they're feeling, but they can draw pictures and they can write. So her journal wasn't her early journals didn't necessarily have to be anything that was written. She can draw pictures and things of that nature. And she drew pictures that expressed her emotions. So it was definitely beneficial. So I feel ahead. like another thing is when we were moving, mm -hmm. I found this, either we were moving or you were cleaning out the garage. I found this case, this tub full of my old stuff. And it had my old notebook in it. And I was looking through them and I was like, wow, so much like it was schoolwork. So it wasn't really what a notebook full of. Um, it wasn't a notebook full of random stuff. And then I opened one. It was just drawings, like many, many drawings. And I was like, one of the pages were just scribbles. And I was just like, huh. And at that time was around the time where I had started drawing more. And I feel like the fact that you and and daddy helped me um like I would draw a lot in my books I feel like that is also also part of the reason I'm a very good artist now because when I was younger I used to just draw and sometimes I still do draw like that I just scribble all over the paper so you uh, mentioned the house in the garage and then um made me think of something that um, that I would suggest for if this is a situation that you have to go through that Sage, I didn't realize how attached Sage was to our home. I I guess I took for granted. I just, I mean, I would think, was thinking about how Sage would feel about, you know, her dad and I separated. I never, never crossed my mind that I had to 
process with her separating from the house. Uh, she, she felt a certain way about us leaving that house and she let me know a couple of times. So um, what I am grateful for is, and I'm not gonna say his name, uh, the gentleman that we sold that house to, amazing, amazing uh, man, allowed us to come back to the house for Sage to kind of walk through it, to spend some time in it. Oh gosh, I feel like I'm getting emotional right now. Um, so appreciated that because I had no idea how much it meant that the house meant to her. And he, like I said, he let us come, he let us walk through the rooms. He had already settled in, you know, made the home. I mean, it, it, he did a great job with the uh, uh, house and he had said to me, you know, whenever she needs to come back, you are more than welcome to bring her. And uh, that, went a, that went a long way. And I really appreciate that he did that and allowed her to come and be in a space that was very familiar to her, that obviously she was attached to and she, she needed to continue. She needed to finish processing not only her mom and dad not being together, but her also being separated from that home. And it's so funny because she was rubbing on the walls. It was just like, it was so seen in the moment. I just didn't realize the attachment for her to the house. And she was rubbing the cabinets and the counters. And I think you asked, could you like get on a bed? I'm like, girl, this is not our house no more. No, you know, and she, she was walking through everything. She wanted to open the closets and I felt so bad. And he was kind of like, y'all go walk, do what y'all want to do. I'm gonna go ahead and go down in the basement and do something. So, you know, this man didn't know us from a can of paint, you know, just knew me from the home buying process. And he kind of left us to walk through the house and do what we want to do, you know? So I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm gonna give you an issues. <laughs> um, if you're listening, you don't know how much that meant to me. So, Oh, uh, another thing I want to say is, as uh, I remember at some point during COVID, I was like, we we were walking through, I don't know when, I don't know what had happened. It was you and me, but we had passed by that house. And I was like, mommy, could we go inside the house? And you're like, no, no, we can't go in there. It's Corona. We don't, we can't do that. And I was just like, Okay, and I just looked at that house and I was like, the memories. <laughs> and one memory came to mind, which is the weirdest memory ever. My my neighbor and I, we were trying to make money for some unknown mm. reason. And I was like, let's sell leaves. And basically, her idea was to put lotion on the leaves. Don't ask, the leaves were ashy. Um... <laughs> So we tried selling leaves for like, I don't know, an hour. And we were like, come get your leaves. And people were passing by like, hi, hi. <laughs> yeah, you see, <laughs> that that in, that memory, it obviously meant a lot to you. And, you know, I don't, I didn't think of those things. I didn't think of what you actually were losing by leaving that home or being separated from that home. So... I um, I would definitely like to say that being mindful of the things that, you know, children are losing 
when there is the, the situation of separation and divorce. And again, for me, I think initially before I really started processing or breaking things down, that all I was thinking about was, I just don't want Sage to think that this is her fault. I don't want her to, uh, you know, or internalize anything negative about herself. So by, by looking or focusing on that, I really didn't focus on the other things that mattered just as much as her not thinking that what was um, firing was her fault. So those are just some things for, I think it's important for parents to think about um, as you go through this process, if you're going through this process, hopefully you're not, but we're just sharing our experiences and how, you know, it was for us. And it was definitely difficult. It was difficult. Um... Thank you for tuning in to part one of our third episode, Separation and Divorce. Part two will be available on Sunday, March 27th. Thank you.